Welcome back. This is the midweek minute edition of the Man Cave Caucus podcast. And you know it because it's the middle of the week and I'm in Jefferson City stuck right in the swamp. Goodness. We're in the old Capitol office just chilling. And man, we have got a show for you today. We're on it. We're on it like sauce on ribs, man. And I have the distinct privilege of having a very special guest on the show today that I think will, uh, I think will be familiar to you in uh, days gone by. Former President George W. Bush. Welcome to the Man Cave Caucus, Mr. President. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to, you know, working the cows at the ranch to, to be with us on the Man Cave Caucus podcast today. What have you been up to these days? Thanks for having me, Ben. Appreciate being on the program. Well, I, uh, a West Texas girl like myself, I always enjoy spending time painting. I enjoy painting uh, my dog, Barney. It's, uh, I miss him dearly, but I enjoy it thoroughly. <laughs> uh, what are you, uh, you still looking for the WMDs over there, Mr. President? You know, sometimes, sometimes you... You know, there's inside words and there's outside words, and I'm going to try to use my outside words. Sometimes you got to let things go, and I've learned to say, I've learned to let things go. I got to let the WMDs go. I, Weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> they existed when we looked for them. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your uh, willingness to let it go, as it were. Can't seem to find them. Um, Tell me this. Have you endorsed anyone for president in 2024, and uh, why is it not Nikki Haley? I did. Uh, I endorsed Jebby again. I want Jeb exclamation point. It's my little brother. He'd, he'd be a great president. I think maybe that, uh, we're, <laughs> that ship has sailed, Mr. President, but I, I do appreciate the uh, the notion. Uh who is your favorite president, by the way? Other than, I mean, obviously. That would be my dad. Okay. I love my dad. Great man. He's a great president. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. Okay, so seriously, I uh, <laughs> I have with me today Representative Adam Schnelting in the flesh, and we're in the 403 Man Cave so, Adam, welcome. <laughs> what are you munching on over there? Is that racist? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do keep a bag handy. Mm. Uh, it's one of my it's favorite, only reason I came up. One of my favorite candies. Do the program. Well, I'm happy to <laughs> oblige. Uh, Adam is one of my colleagues, probably my closest friend in the building, and I have few. So I don't know if that speaks to you or or what. The, the, feeling, but, the feelings mutual around this place. Yes, you got to be careful in the swamp. Yep. Uh, also, another one of the uh, the crack house compadres. We oh. had we had Doug on last week. Man, so Adam you. is another one that stays with me over there in the crack house next to the the ghetto and the uh, the ice cream shop. I'm, I'm shocked you've told the world about the crack well, house. Well, I know it's just you gotta. <laughs> You gotta just be real. Hey, man, it's great. That's what we're about here at the Man Cave Caucus. One hundred percent. So, tell me a little bit seriously about yourself, Adam, and uh, your background, your family, uh, and uh, just let the listeners know, you know, so they can get get to know you a little bit. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I'm a husband. I'm a father. 
I'm a uh, I'm a soldier. I'm an Army combat engineer and uh, conservative state representative, um, and uh, spent my time here in the legislature for the last six years, fighting for limited government and yeah. uh, absolutely and for our constitution and our way of life. So speaking my language, my friends, it's great to be here. You know, God's blessed us with the ability to uh, to to have the honor to serve in this building, to serve our constituents, and to uh, defend our constitution. And that, that's a huge that's a huge thing. That's that's no small thing for us to. Uh, uh, to be able to be a part of it is we've had that discussion many many times um, and I, we came in together uh, you and I and Doug and several of us right I remember the first time I think I, I recognized uh, you as as a fellow colleague we, we had some kind of a training or something going on in the basement in one of the committee rooms you were there Doug was there and I thought man this guy's really serious <laughs> Boy, was I mistaken <laughs> to come to find out uh, <laughs> as time went on. But uh, you know, I uh, I appreciate the uh, the humor, and we've had many many times where we've uh, been able to laugh. Because if you don't, if you can't, you will lose your mind in this place. Oh, 100 percent. So we do have fun when we can, uh, but we we are serious about serving. And uh, Adam has has been a great. Um, conservative that has been right there with me all along in the legislature. So a couple things we'll talk about. Filing opened up this week in Missouri uh, uh, starting on Tuesday. And when does it go to? Uh, I believe it goes to the 26th of March. Of March? Yeah, February 27th. Basically the whole month of March then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, unless you're um, filing for like one of our seats or something, then it then it ended this morning, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a joke. So. <laughs> Those didn't catch that ha- one. Hasn't ended. <laughs> uh, technically. No. But what I mean by that is, so if you run for office in the state of Missouri, unless it's like a county seat that you can file at your county courthouse, uh, you have to come to Jefferson City and file for office at the Kirkpatrick right. building. Yeah, it's the James Kirk. Kirkpatrick uh, where the offices for the Secretary of State are. Secretary of State runs the elections in Missouri. And uh, so you line up, everybody does this every year on the first day, uh, hundreds of people here to file for office. You you pay your fee to the, the party that you subscribe to. You get in line, you have your documents, you have, you have your photo ID. We do believe in Missouri you need to be a citizen to, to run for office and a citizen of the state. Um, and then you go through the whole rigmarole. You pick a number of, of where you're going to be on the ballot, all those things. And so uh, it's kind of a big deal, you know, everybody doing that. We're kind of getting – it's a little bit old to us. Uh, this is our <laughs> fourth time of filing, right? It's uh, a yeah, – yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a little old, too, for some of our congressmen, apparently. It is. I know. I noticed that uh, there was a certain Missouri congresswoman uh, whose name begins with an A and ends in a Wagner that seemed to think uh, it was a good idea to just skip all the line um, of people that had waited and go straight to the front. I suppose she's more important than we are. But uh, I, I did compliment and praise uh, praised. Uh, Congressman Smith. Yeah. I let his staff know. I said, Hey, the fact that he stood out in that line with all of us for a long Speaks time volumes. spoke volumes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of the man's character and his ability to be very down to earth. Yep. I was with uh, my congressman, Eric Burleson, last night, who was great. And I asked him if he skipped the line. 
And he said, no. Uh, but there wasn't a line when he went. So oh, that's he, the way he got there it. later in the afternoon. <laughs> but uh, I do appreciate those who just realize and recognize that they're one of us, right? Um, Absolutely. So I filed to run again uh, for my last House election. We do have term limits here in Missouri for two-year terms. And so it's crazy that time has went by so fast, Adam. Wow. And uh, we we are here. Um, but I, I filed to run again as state rep. Now, did you file? For anything, I did. Yeah, yeah. I filed to uh, to run for state senate. Okay, at District Twenty Three. So that's uh, Bill Eigel's seat. He's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's where, where geographically <laughs> in the state is is that? That'd Give be Eastern Saint. Idea. Yeah, that'd be Eastern Saint Charles County. So you're you're talking about like Saint Peter's, Saint Charles, Harvester, Weldon Spring area, um, yeah, a little bit north of Weldon Spring. Uh, takes in a little bit of O'Fallon. Goes okay. up to Winfield area. Mm-hmm. Is that the uh, east or west or north or south part of the state? Oh, that's the east. Okay. That's east central. Not too far from St. Louis. <clears throat> I mean, I know you don't want to admit we're, it, but... We're definitely not at St. Louis, yeah. Yeah. We we have a really big, big river that that uh, separates the two areas. So geographically speaking, there's like this uh, wall of separation. You know, anybody from St. Charles County, you, you say, well, I'm from St. Louis. Uh, I mean, there, people from St. Louis uh, on the flip uh, side of that coin also feel the same when you say, oh, I'm from uh, St. Louis. I mean, that means St. Louis. That does not mean St. Charles. But to outstate, yeah, I mean, if you're anywhere in the metro region, everybody just thinks, oh, you're from St. Louis. Uh, locals definitely don't look at it that way. But It's uh, kind of like Newton and McDonald County. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean— I would say that the the wall of separation, uh, Mr. President, would uh, would know all about. There's a wall of separation. There's a great grand river that separates St. Charles from St. Louis. St. Louis is never mind. It's part of my axis of evil. I, I definitely miss some of the Bushisms and the blunders. I, oh man, they were some I of miss, the best. I, I mean, I miss Bill Clinton. <laughs> Believe it or not, I do not miss Bill Clinton. <laughs> I can't. Well, do compared, it compared though, oh. to what we're dealing with now. Well, at least he had a personality, and he, yeah. you know, yeah. I think he actually loved America. For the most part, right? I think in the early I days, he loved probably his right. I think yeah. it's, when he was president, yeah. yeah. I, I can't necessarily... We, we I can't cannot say vouch that for, him for now. Democrats of, um, of today. Yeah, I think that they've progressed significantly uh, in the wrong direction over the last uh, 20 years. Even the last five years, um, the Democratic Party has kind of gone, uh, uh, gone, gone, gone nuts on some things. They have. Speaking of the Democrat Party, I think they kicked out one of their members and uh, in the legislature recently, and then apparently yesterday did not allow her to file for governor. You know, I saw that I was running, uh, I was on the treadmill this morning running my, uh, my, my normal routine. And, uh, uh, all I saw on the big flat screen TV in front of me was just a picture of one of my colleagues. And I said, Oh, Hey, it's Sarah. And then I looked right above it in these big, bold words. It says, uh, Sarah Unsicker, uh, something to the effect of, uh, Oh, rejected as governor. I'm like, Oh man, that's just a, that's tough. The cancel that's culture, uh, has, has come, to uh, to implode their own party, you know that, that. Well, that's part of the problem with the cancel culture. They eventually eat their own. You know, once you go woke, you can't go it's, back. You know that they, they always you know act like it's a liberal idea to uh, to have you know to be part of the cancel culture. It's not a liberal idea at all. I mean, classic liberalism believes in you know you know being able to express one's mind and have a difference of opinion. 
but uh, that's we're, really not where they're going with this. It it's is not at all. It's uniformity and it's conformity. It is, and it's sad because I think everyone loses in that kind of a situation. I wrote my article for, I do a daily, uh, or not daily, I do a weekly article for the Neosho Daily in my area newspaper, and I talked a little bit about that, how that we have lost the ability to have a civilized debate um, because people, I, I think the social media and, and technology that we have now has really hindered the ability to, to have a civilized debate face-to-face, right? Yeah. And because it's different. Like, I had people in my office today. I had a whole group of, well, all five Democrats that, that are from my area. You have, I was going, I was going to say, wait a minute, you they have They were all five here Democrats? today. They were all here. <laughs> and they wanted to talk about IP reform and why I should oppose any, any uh, you know, reform to the initiative petition process. So we had this discussion for about 35 minutes, at least, in my office today. But it was interesting because... A couple of the people in that group have been very vocal, uh, trolling my social media over the years, uh, very hateful in some Gotta aspects. Love trolls. Right. Gotta love them. And they were here today. I treated them with kindness. Um, we had a discussion. Well, it was interesting that they, the way they presented themselves in a face-to-face conversation was very different. Oh, absolutely. Than the way they do well, on social media. Well, you can't hide behind your uh, the computer screen. Yeah. You're not a keyboard warrior at that point. And here's what was interesting about it. It was actually a good conversation. Like, I explained the issues and the nuances of the issue and some context to the issue that they had never heard about. And they were just, they brought, you know, kind of the, the, the talking points of the narrative of the left. And they were like, wow, I've never heard that. And that does matter. And that should figure into the conversation. And by the time we left, there were a few things that we actually agreed on as common ground. And actually, my, you know, the bill I have uh, that is um, prohibiting ranked choice voting, right? It's an HJR that would send it to the ballot to prohibit ranked choice voting. I ended up explaining that to them, and they agreed with me on ranked choice voting, wow. prohibiting it. It's incredible when and you it, actually get to have a discussion back and forth, you know, a dialogue rather than just a monologue that you normally have yes. on social media. And so, like, in my article, I talked about how that we need more of that. We need more of the the real old-fashioned conversations um, and, and really being able to have that difficult debate as controversial as it might be. And I think that's the problem with our culture today, especially in the, the educational uh, centers and, and higher education of learning for sure, where that they have, um, they've really, you know, moved in this direction of, oh, we can't talk about anything controversial. It might hurt somebody's feelings. You know, we just can't do that. Uh, unless you're Christian or right. straight or well, then white you're, or something you're just like a that. Then open target. Then yeah, 100%, man. And I can, I can tell you from personal experience, I mean, I just took, what was it, 30, oh no, 60 credit hours over the last uh Oh yeah, half, tell us. Year and a half. I mean, the army was able what, to. What the army, did you? The army what? paid for. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take these credits. Man, I got to tell you, there was only one class, Ben, out of sixty credit hours oh, my goodness. that did not have some sort of DEI, CRT, or extreme radical element, uh, radical element of the LGBTQ community um, involved in the curriculum. Uh, it was very, very enlightening. College, you know, college, uh, say fifteen years ago nowhere near the same yeah things have changed and people have to realize that uh, uh, our kids and uh, in uh, school and in college i mean they're quite frankly they're they're being indoctrinated they're being taught what to think not how to think they are I'm, I'm getting ready to dig out a file real quick 
that um, so today this is totally off off the agenda, but it, it just <laughs> came to my mind. So just give me one second. I'll be right back. Ben will be back right after these messages. Well, in a minute here, we're going to be talking about uh, several things. We're going to be talking about the uh, priority legislation, but we're also going to be talking, Ben, uh, uh, about uh, election year predictions. Yeah. I would love to know uh, where you stand on what you, know, what you think about the election year predictions, but we'll get to that in a minute. But, we will. Uh, so I was looking for a file. I can't find it quick enough, but I was looking for a file. I had So I had some other people in my office today who were uh, some MU students, and they wanted to talk about the DEI bill that I have regarding um, institutions of learning that are teaching our doctors, right? So medical institutions Were these of med learning. students? Uh, oh, never mind. Oh, med mind. students? Yeah, were these meds? Some were, okay, yes. I thought you it. said men students. Oh, I, no, man. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> some sure. of them I might be oh, able to okay, tell. Oh, okay, I got you. So they're probably some... on the other end of the spectrum on this. Uh, yeah, so debate. Roger, they wanted to talk about the DEI, and uh, you know they're trying to say none of this is happening. This is DEI is all good. You know how it is. So I pull out this syllabus from MU medical class, and I start reading <laughs> the books, and you should have seen their their faces when I started reading off these course uh, requirement books like. Um, racist like me, and um, you know, all these books that are just completely uh, pushing this narrative of of you know that everyone is a racist, especially if you're white, uh, and there's no way you can escape that, and you know all these things. It's unbelievable. You know, um, it is unbelievable. You know, we it, in order for our country to be able to you know have some semblance of unity and harmony. I mean, we really have to get past this whole idea of break of of looking at each other through these different types of lenses, you know. I I'm I'm going to judge you based on the color of your skin as opposed to the content of your character. I mean, seriously, that I mean uh, that's that's highly problematic and it's especially to teach our kids that you know, in school, and that's really not uh, it's indoctrination. That's what it is. It line. is, and that's what I was explaining Bottom to them line. like the and the other part of it is like so doctors should be learning about administering healthcare and instead they're learning about all this woke propaganda that is taking up the time that they should be learning maybe anatomy or you know something that's Absolutely. at least related to administering healthcare but no it's it's talking about how everyone's racist and that you can't treat anyone unless you understand DEI and you know uh, the, all the bias that is this systemically involved in, in in healthcare. It's just crazy what they're yeah. doing. You know, it, there there used to be a time, Ben, when uh, people essentially use some of these talking points to just say, "Hey, look, there are differences culturally. We're all different. We should celebrate certain differences and and, and whatnot." Uh, that is not what. Um, and for your listeners, that's clearly not what we're talking about here. Because yes, every culture there there are differences. There are differences in subcultures, and you know we we can we can um, celebrate the diversity that God has created. That is so much different than what we're talking about in this Marxist agenda. Uh, this curriculum, yes, which finds its origins in a in a Marxist like agenda. Well, and it's like, look, doctors have been able to treat people of different cultures and races and all of that all along. Um, but the problem is, is uh, the, the the activist movement that is behind this is the real issue. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was an absolutely. interesting conversation I had today as well. Tell me a little bit about a few of your priority bills, Adam. 
Which ones? The ones dead or alive? Well, you know. Maybe you should have a... a Want uh, it. Yeah. Dead or alive. <laughs> one of my priorities, one of my priorities uh, ever since I uh, was elected the, the first in my first term, uh, every year over the last six years, I've proposed legislation to allow uh, CCW holders to carry on mm, public transit. That's a good bill. Protection. And, uh, you know, it's passed out of the House um, three or four years in a row now, and uh, overwhelming support. Uh, there were a couple of years we even had uh, 10 or 12 Democrats actually voted for it. Minority leader voted for it on one particular year, uh, one instance. But uh, that that was definitely my um, one of my biggest pieces of legislation this year, and that was, yeah. of course, sidelined, as you uh, as I had you know. some... Uh, let some some language on that bill. You did as well. absolutely, yeah. Guns, yeah. Guns and churches. Yep. Um, you know, here's the thing: criminals don't abide by gun-free zones. No. In fact, they ex- they they indicate to a criminal that that's where exactly where they need to go when they want to harm innocent people because they know that innocent people are going to abide by the law and therefore not carry in a gun-free zone because they're told by the law they're not supposed to carry. They're gonna be. Uh, sheep without uh, without a uh, without a shepherd, so to speak, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important for people to have the ability to carry in church and or on public transit. But um, yeah, anyway, that was that was my priority legislation this year, and uh, you know I'm working on some other things, some nursing home legislation. You know, my mom. Mother- so are you saying that that one is dead? That yeah. one is dead, sir, and all because of an event that happened, right? Yeah, yeah, and the, the- Kansas City. Yeah, you know the, the unwillingness of people to then take up a gun bill and just articulate why our position is right. Yeah, uh, which I have protested uh, <laughs> out loud. Yeah, yeah I mean it, that event was a very, very sad, very tragic event. Um, there's no doubt of that. You know, and and uh, I've spent time in prayer for that. Uh, the, you know, the families that are involved, but but you do have to, as a lawmaker, step aside for a moment, step back, and look at this from a thirty thousand foot view. Uh, None of the none of the pieces of this legislation had anything to do with that scenario, and vice versa. That scenario had nothing yep. to do; didn't fall within the purview of this legislation. So essentially, what we've what we've done um, is, you know, we're, we're kind of capitulating to the media. And when we do that, um, that is a um, it's not a way to it's not a way to lead, but. Um, but it is what it is, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to yeah, push. Yeah, you got to play the, the hand uh, you're dealt. Yeah, um, exactly. You yeah. got a couple of bills through uh, my tax committee, tax reform committee that I Indeed. chair, uh, having to do with the National Guard, which you are a member of. Mm. So tell us a little bit about those and your experience with that. Yeah, well, uh, National Guardsmen, uh, well, soldiers in general, airmen in general, um, you know, when the uh, military wants to go uh, to uh, get folks to enlist, there are sign-on bonuses. Well. Uh, right now, those sign-on bonuses are are taxed, whereas your uh, military pay uh, is not in many cases. So this the legislation, uh, I think it's House Bill 1713, essentially exempts your guard bonuses from uh, from being taxed, uh, you know, state income tax, right? Yeah. Uh, the other piece of that, uh, House Bill 1712, uh, as you know, is the piece that allows uh, guardsmen and airmen to utilize their uh, tuition assistance at out-of-state colleges and universities as well, not just those within the state. Yeah, because they may be posted somewhere else, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, some of them may may live in another state. Some of them may have already been attending college or university online or just across the state border, and they don't want to go ahead and switch, you know, for obvious reasons. But uh, it makes sense that if we're going to pay only up to a certain rate for tuition assistance, well, we can keep that same rate in place, but just pay it to a different university for yeah. the sake of that soldier or that airman 
um, that that just makes sense to me. It's good stuff, man. Good stuff. I like it, which uh, doesn't surprise me coming from you. Uh, talk a little bit about the bill we passed today on the House. We perfected a bill uh, as become known as the Defund Planned Parenthood bill. Yeah, well, um, my experience has been that most people that I talk to, and certainly most people in my district, and certainly myself, uh, I don't believe that um, uh, our tax dollars should be funding abortion. And, uh, you know, we need to be creating and embracing a culture of life here in the state of Missouri. And for us to allow our tax dollars to uh, subsidize an already billion-dollar-plus industry uh, is uh, downright criminal. It is, and uh, what has happened is we we went a long way, probably one of the stronger states when it comes to outlawing abortion, and you were a big part of that with House Bill 126, was it? Yeah, 126 had 10, had, had 1017. That was our my, freshman my year. Amendment on it, the trigger amendment. Yeah, it was huge right. for the state of Missouri. So, But what's happened is uh, Planned Parenthood uh, has began to um, fund this in, in a way— uh, outsource this to states that are connected to us, such as Illinois or Kansas or or somebody that still allows yeah. ab- abortion in their state and use their uh, other facilities that are, that are uh, affiliated with them, plan- other Planned Parenthoods in those states, to, to do those abortions. And not only that, just not long ago, there was an undercover video that, that discovered the fact that they were not only sending uh, minors out of our state to have abortions done in their other clinics, but hiding it from parents. Yeah. Yes. Is that not insane? That's how diabolical um, this, uh, this group is. And I got to tell you, you know, we're talking about the IP, you know, this is off script. So forgive me, it's not on our agenda. But right. uh, you, I think, you know, this whole decline to sign campaign is incredibly important. It is. Here's the thing. If we enshrine abortion in our Constitution, you're going to have several things. First of all, women are going to lose the ability to, um, they're going to lose their right for uh, to sue, you know, for medical malpractice. They're going to, um, uh, we're going to lose all the pro-life protections that we have on the books for uh, the un- unborn and for their mothers. Uh, it is taxpayer funded abortion is going to become likely going to become the norm. And uh, to say nothing of the fact that untold millions potentially would will be affected by this. Yeah. Because you're talking about when you look, when you amend the Future Constitution. Generations. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's exactly right. So um, we need to make sure that we uh, that we decline to sign. That's good. So anybody out there, if you're in Missouri and you get approached by one of these people to sign a petition to put what they call reproductive rights into our Constitution, uh, it is not what they are saying it is, uh, and that is allowing abortion. And in some of those, depending on which one it is, there's no restrictions, right? Even up to birth. That's right. Look, that's exactly right. And if you if we enshrine abortion in the constitution yes you have abortion up to up to birth but also it repeals all of the pro life language you have on the book so yeah. a, a a minor would not have to even get parental consent from her parents crazy for an abortion another uh, part of that that's worth mentioning is that it the way they have written it it includes um, what they call gender affirming care correct that that's correct. Although it's there's nothing uh, gender affirming about it, right? Nothing affirming about it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's exactly right. And so what you're talking about is you're talking about child mutilation. You're talking about so-called sex changes for kids. So you want to enshrine abortion in our constitution, and as a byproduct, you would also be 
uh, enshrining the uh, enshrining that as well, the right to that, if you will. Yeah, and we How will dangerous. we will be getting the word out about this as well. I'm sure uh, many of us as representatives will be doing videos and putting out information regarding uh, those initiative petitions that Absolutely. are going to be on the ballot this year. All right, so uh, election year predictions, Adam. What do you think? Have you endorsed Donald Trump? Yes, I absolutely have. Why? Yeah. Look, he uh, he started something four years ago, or well, I, I guess uh, well, twenty sixteen, almost seven years ago, I guess now. Um, and uh, and he needs to finish it. He wanted to drain the swamp, and he was he was doing it. He was be, he was beginning that process. And uh, and you know what? He it, it's interesting. You know, over the years, people like to talk about well, is is you know, we want a candidate who is slick and who says all the right things. Uh, Donald Trump does not say all, he's not slick. He doesn't say all the right things. That's not my my primary concern. Yeah. Because we've had plenty of candidates like that. We've had plenty of presidents like that who end up being terrible presidents, and they don't actually abide by their campaign promises to us. Um, but Donald Trump, by and large, kept his word, and uh, and he deserves a second chance at, at being our our president again. I agree. I've also endorsed, and for many of those same reasons, the border issue as well. Uh, but we do. We need someone who will literally take a hatchet to the deep state uh, and the bureaucracy that is really the ones controlling this country. And it has not went well, as you can see. Um, you know, the, the economy is out of control. inflation's out of control. All of those things figure into it. Um, so what do you think? It, how do you think it's going to turn out right now? We just had, was it Michigan yesterday? Yeah, I believe, I believe it was Michigan. And, I mean, I uh, didn't see the final results, oh, but he, I believe was, he, he just destroyed Haley. Landslide. I mean, like yeah, in I the sixties, maybe seventies even, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I think what was interesting about Michigan is I, I saw something that, that Joe Biden lost to like another one of those, none of the above categories that was on the ballot. Did you see that? Oh no, I, I, have not I think seen Joe that Biden lost to none of the above. Oh, well, that would <laughs> much like Nikki Haley that would did. Be interesting in, to see in I, one of the primaries as well. Oh my goodness! Oh my Can goodness! Can you imagine? What a mess! By the way, Nikki Haley lost her own county in her own state by like I don't know. It was a huge margin. Uh, it was like sixty to thirty or something. It's not like a good that. omen. No, it's not a good sign. Why is she Nikki? hanging in there? Oh man, uh, beats me. She perhaps she's vying for uh, for uh, someone to convict President Trump. Maybe she thinks that she can be that person that ends up uh, lucking kinda, into yeah, it. lucking into it. Perhaps I'm not, I, hoping that not he sure. gets put in jail or yeah. something. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, you know what? If the uh, if the bureaucracy and if the deep state, uh, if the swamp gets their way, uh, that's exactly what they would do to him. Oh my, say it's not so. So speaking of endorsing President Trump, I've got a video to show you, Adam. I want you get I want to get your take on this. This is, I believe, a uh, this is a Carrie Lake um, campaign event. Okay, and um, it's really interesting um, what this guy is talking about. It's a a black man that's speaking, um, and he talks about how that uh, too long they have been with the Democrat Party and why they should be voting Republican. And I think this is something that figures into this election year. I yeah. really do. Yeah, I would agree with because that. Because I don't uh, think he's the only one um, that is thinking this and that is talking about this. Um, so let's listen to what he says. And it's about two minutes long, right. and then we'll we'll talk about it. You know, black people used to be Republicans until... Well... 
great depression. I think we've, we've written this donkey as far as I can take this. Okay. He said, I think we've ridden this donkey as far as it can take us. It's dead. I'm ready to get on a great big old African elephant. We have to remember who Joe Biden is. This is a guy who was uh, mentored by Senator Byrd and people like Strong Thurmond. The card carries members of the Ku Klux Klan. He's telling the truth. Absolutely. So, you know, she represents... uh, Republican 2.0. He's talking about carrying his emancipation. Socially, politically, economically, it's Emancipation 2.0. And we have a real opportunity, not only with her candidacy, but with President Trump, to uh, start again in this country and recognizing where we've been. Look, I'm not telling any of you who are Democrats to rip up your voter registration. Okay? (laughs) Maxine Waters, Auntie Maxine, imagine if she was really your auntie. She's really my auntie. Oh, wow. What I'm saying is... Oh, that's actually his aunt? I guess it is. Maxine Waters is his auntie. That's huh. interesting. That is interesting. Okay, I, that's a new twist. I missed this video. After all of those years of dealing with failed policies, how many more how how many more lives? How much more time? How many more generations are we going to sacrifice at the altar of Democrat politics wow. when they treat us as a political afterthought? Mm. Yeah. He's preaching now. It's time for us to make a positive choice in our own best interest and vote for the candidates who are in our own best interest. And if they are Republicans, then so be it. When uh, white America, working class, and black America, working class, decides to work together, there's no demographic that can stop wow. us. What other sign from God do you need than to see the predominantly white Republican Party uh, moaning and groaning with us about the likes of the FBI and the CIA? <laughs> We're talking about God's timing, right? Uh, doesn't he have a way of making strange bedfellows? He has a way of drawing us together in perilous times to stand together, work together, fight together, vote together, lead this country together. Because those uh, people who are inclined to its destruction are our common enemy. Our common enemy. Wow. You know, yeah. God bless him, man. What did you think about that? I, I thought, I mean, I, I I think it's great. The only one thing, the, the thing that I noticed, the the... the <laughs> the subtlety I, I saw was uh, the lady right behind him who uh, jacked his cutlery off his plate. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I'm notice like, that. What was that? <laughs> but uh, but no, he you know he talked about uh, uh, starting in the, the the Hoover years or the Great Depression. Um, that is interesting. I don't know that to be a fact. I always thought it was closer to the civil rights movement because mm-hmm. MLK was Republican, right? Uh, may, maybe he's right on that. That's I thought I found that to be an interesting point, but. But look, he's—I mean—he's absolutely right. You—you you have that voting block, which is common everyday American, um, hardworking people. Absolutely. You know what? We're all neighbors. We all wake up in the morning thinking about how we're going to feed and take care of our own families. You know, um, we can work together and we can make uh, make America great again. I do. I, I agree. I—I I do think that I—I uh, I think Trump's going to win, and for many reasons. But we're at really an unprecedented time right now uh, where we're at in this country with so many things. Um, so Congressman Jason Smith was here just the other day because of filing 
and he spoke in our caucus meeting. I don't know if you made that one or not, uh, but he was, I asked him the question because, uh, you know, with, in light of what happened last week with the, the airman that, that uh, lit himself on fire in front oh, of the yeah. Israeli embassy in protest of what yeah. he called genocide and, and supporting Hamas and, 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 and yelling free Palestine, the guy ended up dying, which is just unbelievably it's tragic. Crazy. But it was a it was a very concerning thing to me, and I asked Jason Smith, who is the chairman of the Ways and Means. I mean, one of the most powerful people in our country. Right. Yeah. Every dollar of the trillions that go through our budget go through him. And I asked him. I said, I am really concerned about the the wokeness that has infiltrated the military uh, in, right now, um, because if we don't have a strong defense in a time where our enemies are just chomping at the bit, knowing that our our leadership is so weak as it has been under the Biden administration, and God forbid he would get in again. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he will. I still believe that he's gonna not going to be on the ballot, and that probably Gavin Newsom or somebody's going to get thrown in there. But regardless, the the problems are are, are dire when it comes to that. Um, and he said that this is a conversation he had with President Trump just uh, a week or so ago. He, he sat down with President Trump and had like a two-hour meeting, and he said that was one of the things that he brought up is the, 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 the problems that he sees with this wokeness that's happening, not only in our military, uh, but in a lot of our, uh, our state departments. And so I think those things are real things that people like you and I and, and our constituents and people out there in, in real America right now are concerned about. And I think it's something that Donald Trump will try to address and I think ha- has a really good shot of getting it done. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, the reason it's so important is because, you know, in this quest to be woke, so to speak, uh, what we've done is we've exchanged the truth for a lie. We've called right wrong and wrong right. And, um, that is very problematic for any culture, for any society to adopt that kind of mindset. There's always consequences. Absolutely. Well, Adam, thanks for uh, coming on the Man Cave Caucus today. This has been great. We'll have to do this uh, more often. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. But uh, for those of you out there, thank you for listening. You guys rock, man. You're the best audience there is out there. And I'm telling you, it's awesome to see what's happening with this podcast. And it's all because of you guys that are listening, you're sharing, you're talking to your friends. I, I can't tell you. I've been out in public at like Walmart and somebody comes up to me who I don't even know. And they're like, hey, listen to your podcast today. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Who's that? Uh, but it really is. And, and I think it's because we're not um, we're not afraid to talk about things. We're not afraid to talk about the controversial issues. We're just just real people like you guys. I mean, we're, there's no difference. We, we're just serving in this capacity. We've been afforded this by the voters who who trusted us enough to be here and we're willing to take on these issues. And I think it's a refreshing thing for people to hear uh, in this day and time of the cancel culture and where everybody's so afraid to talk about anything. And we need those debates. And so um, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, you can go over to, to Apple Podcasts and you can leave us a five-star review, subscribe, uh, go over to Spotify, do the same. It really helps the the podcast to get noticed. So thank you guys. And we'll catch you on Monday for the weekly episode. Have a good one. God bless. Hey.